Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Today on the Focus on Why podcast, I have the pleasure of Amit Soda in the house. Amit, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Amy, as well. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, based on all the things that you do, so why don't you share with the audience what it is that you do and fill most of your day up with? Oh, okay, cool. So essentially my number one priority in life now is my coaching. So uh, I actually began coaching quite a number of years ago, probably about 28 years ago. Uh, Started off as a meditation teacher, teaching adults how to meditate. And and then for a long while, I I ran it in parallel. So I, I was creating a business, but also working as well. But essentially what I do now is focus all my time on coaching and helping people not only finding, in fact, you know, we kind of reaching out to their own why, but also to help them discover what they're capable of as well. I think the the why is the foundation, but also then understanding the difference between, say, you know, being present, being in the moment and goals. And uh, I heard a wonderful quote the other day that goes that the the journey is the goal, the goal is the journey, the journey is the goal. I'll, I'll get it right. I'll come to my, come to me eventually. But it was a wonderful demonstration as well, because people always think there's an either or, but there doesn't have to be. I think that life is actually meant to be a, a, a whole spectrum of things. So uh, in terms of the actual coaching, though, I help a number of people. I, I coach a number of children. I coach adults because fundamentally we're all the same. We're all just trying to exist, be happy, be fulfilled, live life, enjoy, feel a sense of purpose, you know, create a life that we enjoy, that we love most of the time. And so we're all coming from the same place, I think. You know, there's nothing fundamentally different. And when you understand what our basic human needs are, what we need, then, you know, to to then move forward with life and sort of find out, you know, why we want certain things, the specifics will help us move forward. Uh, And so I do that. And then, of course, the other thing that I do as well that I focus on or the other area I specialize in is helping people with their, uh, their dating and relationships, because I find that when people have um, challenges when it comes to their dating and relationship side of things, they it tends to kind of filter down and affect different areas of their life. And so if you are struggling with that area, it tends to permeate other areas. And so, you know, when you tend to, when you sort of address the issues that are affecting you there, it tends to then also help other areas of your life as well. Because, you know, it could be certain things like, communicating with people, communicating with the opposite sex, communicating with the same sex, communicating with people in general. And when you're able to, you know, say traverse that one barrier, you know, that in itself has a massive impact on your life. Imagine just being able to, you know, walk up to strangers on the street and just say hello and have a conversation. It's a wonderful skill to have or use it in business and, you know, be able to, you know, share your point better with people. So all of these things, you know, these are massive, massive things. Um, that, sorry, should I say small things that can make a massive difference in our lives? And I don't know if you've ever heard of any of Tony Robbins' old, old recordings and stuff. And I remember he used to he used to say this funny thing. He used to say to everyone, he'd say to the audience, you know, ah, I tricked you. You've actually come to a communication seminar. But, you know, he goes, if I was trying to sell that, no one would turn up. 
But ultimately, it does come down to that. How do we communicate with ourselves? How do we communicate with others? But then also then drilling down into the reasons why. Why do we want to do the things we do? Why, you know, why get up in the morning? What's, what's getting you to just get yourself out of bed? Uh, and when you understand that and then understand, couple that with why, what you want to do, you turn into an unstoppable force, in my opinion. I totally agree with everything you say. Although there's one thing I want to pick up on. And that was that you said about we want to exist. Now, I, I discern a difference between existing and living because we all exist. But what you're talking about, I feel, is living. Yeah, I would, I would, I would classify ever so differently. So I, the way I, I describe this uh, and talk to people about this as well, like, you know, in, in, West, in the Western world, uh, something that's become a sort of a huge phenomenon over the last 20 years is mindfulness. Uh, and so this is people's desire to just be. And I think the being is to do with our spirit. The goals are to do with living. And they 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 are both required. Without one, without the other, is like having a left hand without a right hand. You need both. We need to be able to understand what it means to be live in the moment. Yes, there are days you go. I use the word live in the moment, and that's also true because that is also still living, but also living with purpose, living with a, a goal, an ideal, uh, a standard, uh, a passion, uh, uh, you know, something that drives us. And we need both ultimately. And I always see debates like this raging on, you know, no, life is about mindfulness and just being present in the moment. No, there's others who are like, no, it's about goals. You've got to have goals to strive for. Well, here's a, here's a novel concept. How about it being about both? How about having a, a balance of both? So, you know, I wake up and I start my mornings with meditation because, and, you know, in that meditation, I do a variety of things. I will do uh, my process of being you know, being at one with the universe, being at one with God, being at one with myself, being, uh, raising my vibration, my energy, you know, just but being in the moment. But there are also days as well where I think about, okay, what are my goals? What is that I really want to achieve in life? What is that I really truly want to do? And both of those needs serve me. And so, uh, so for me, I think, yes, I know what you mean. I think that there is an issue of semantics ever so slightly. But yeah, I understand where you're coming from, why you asked that question about the living. And I think that is, that for me, the living is the both, the culmination of both, the being and the, the doing. And so we need both to survive, to be, to be human beings in this form. Love that. That's great. Great distinction. Now, you say you started your day with meditation, but you also started your entire journey in life with meditation in terms of your work. How much of an impact has meditation had for you? Well, uh, the, the easiest way for me to say this is that when I don't meditate, I tend to go off the rails. And when I do, I stay on the rails. Um, uh, and it is a fundamental part of life. And you start to realize that without some, uh, you see, the interesting thing about the name of your podcast, the focus on why, there's, there's actually more than just well, uh, one element. It's not just about the why, but it's the focus. Uh, and if I am not focused and if I am not uh, preparing and prepping my mind, my spirit for my life, my day ahead, you know, whether you, whether you want to take it to the macrocosm of just the day or the, the, sorry, the microcosm of the day or the macrocosm of the entire life, uh, my entire life, your entire life, then uh, I find it's easy to stray. It's easy to get stressed out. It's very simple to get annoyed at the person who cut me off for the traffic lights. It's much easier to get caught up in the day-to-day, -day, um, the issues with people, the, you know, the drama of life, shall we put it that way. 
Um, and if there are times, and there's been times in my life where I have not meditated for long periods and I've noticed a difference, you know, I felt a lot more depressed. I felt more down, out of balance, um, out of sync with life, unsure, uncertain, very doubtful, fearful. You know, all of these things tend to creep in unless we unless we manage them somehow. And for me, the best tool that I know how is through meditation. Now, when I wake up in the morning, is my meditation perfect every day? No, it's not by far from being perfect every single day. But I make it a practice and I make it a habit because um, even if that 15 minutes I schedule, even if two minutes of that is a period in which I, you know, feel centered, I feel you know, present with myself in the moment, feel my connectedness to the Supreme God, the universe, whatever, give it whatever name you wish, I really don't care, it doesn't matter to me, then uh, I'm I'm in a much better frame of mind, frame of spirit, frame of body, everything uh, on my journey. But as soon as I don't, I, I feel it straight away and I struggle and I tend to have less energy, less spiritual energy. And especially when it comes to coaching, you're taking on the energy from other people as well. And you have to be prepared you know, prepared for that, be able to deal with it, uh, and being being able to deal with it in such a way that you 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 help other people address their challenges without taking it on board, without it affecting you and making you feel, uh, you know, uh, feel worse or some in some way being detrimental to you, because then suddenly you're no longer able to or in a position to help other people. It's like that uh, uh, little platitude we like in this world where we say to people that, uh, you know, you've got to fill your own cup before you can help others fill theirs. And I, I do believe that's very true. You have to have a full cup before you go and try and help everyone else, because otherwise we just tend to get, end up getting in trouble. Or at least from my experience, that's been my, you know, in my in my world and my experience, in my cases, that's always been the, the challenge I face. That if I'm not full, I end up emptying myself much quicker and I end up. I come, it comes with its own raft of challenges along with it. And you talked earlier about the basic human needs and that we all need to have those fulfilled. And we're talking about the sort of Maslow's hierarchy of needs and, and love, you, your focus on love particularly, it sort of transcends through all of those needs right down to the basic need of, of, of human shelter and, and the sense of belonging. So how much do you feel love goes through or filters through everything you do well you you kind of you kind of hit the nail on the head in your own question actually but it's it's true though because i think ultimately our baseline is love and as as let, let me take it a step further let me just differentiate a little bit us as spiritual beings that our baseline is love and we we are either really connected to it or do we disconnect ourselves from it you're never totally disconnected, but we do tend to do this to ourselves where we, you know, berate ourselves, chastise ourselves, put ourselves down. You know, I often say to people in my coaching, right, think about the way you would speak to someone else, you know, your a best friend. Would you ever put them down and say, you know, the, talk to them in the same way that you sometimes talk to yourself and, you know, put you the way you put yourself down? Would you do that to your best friend? Would you berate them? Would you say you're horrible, you're useless, you're ugly, you're fat, you're... You, you look rubbish, you're no good, you're useless, this, that, the other. We wouldn't do that to other people, but we tend to do it to ourselves. So that's one level. The other level as well is that I've always had this strong belief, and I think it, it is something that comes from, you know, the old school psychiatrists such as, you know, uh, Freud and Jung and the rest of them that, you know, ultimately what we do is out of, you know, for some 
so in some search of love, whether it's a business, whether it's uh, a hobby, whatever it might be, ultimately, why are we doing what we do? I mean, I do what I do because, you know, for me, there's love involved, as in I love people. I love, I want to help them. I want to be able to support them on their journey and whatever decisions they make. And so that comes from a place of love, you know, and I think that if you look, you look at most businesses and, you know, enterprises and the things that people do uh, and why they do it, it's because they're trying to help other people. They want to help other people have their own income to create their own life, to be self-sufficient, to, you know, to be able to take care of themselves and their loved ones. And it all does come down from a place of love. Ultimately, if you really, really drill down, you'll see that and you'll see that everywhere. So for me, it's it's always that spiritual baseline. But ultimately, most of the time, sometimes even when we're hurting people, but this is a careful thing I always say it comes in context. It sometimes comes from love, but it's just demonstrated in the wrong way. And so so uh, I always make that careful distinction there as well. I don't want to send out the wrong message to people, but it's it's an important thing that even the people who are most hurting, in fact, they, they're, they're often acting from a place of lack of love. And therefore, that is also the same thing in the sense that obviously because they're lacking it, this is why they're acting out. So again, it goes back to the love being the baseline. And so when you understand that and you understand why we're doing what we do out from that place, from that position, then it's easy to understand, you know, that, you know, love is, is, the, is, the, is the bottom line ultimately. Yeah. So to get what you want in business or life, you need to give others what they want. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. There is, I think there is no real business without contribution, is there? No, absolutely. And I think that businesses now are becoming more purpose driven because they understand that the social impact that they can make and that they can profit with a purpose as because, because people are now being much more aware of what they're choosing to buy, what what products they're using, what services they're using, and are they sustainable? Are they for, on, on a basis of are they of ecological or environmental value to us? Uh, absolutely, I've started doing a lot more of that now as well. Even just looking at simple things like packaging and are they recyclable and you know, how does that business operate? And that does actually have a big, big influence on, you know, me buying their product because I want to know, do they actually have that conscientious level? It's one of the reasons I decided to go vegan because I thought to myself, I, I in fact, I love animals. And that's, you know, without trying to get too much into a debate with most people about veganism and stuff, you know, for me, it was, it's genuinely a love of animals and the planet. And I think that it stems, uh, ultimately leads to a lot of bad things that are happening right now as well. If we go back to, you know, our ancestral days of farming, that's a different thing. Uh, but now you're absolutely right. There are so many conscientious businesses out there who truly do care for their not only their product, their people, their customers, and they want to try and do right by all of them to help them. Uh, and again, to me, coming from a place of love, you know, they realize that actually there's so much power there and that's what drives them. It, I absolutely agree. We're, we're saying absolutely every other sentence at the moment because we're so in tuned and aligned in, in our thinking at the moment, Amit. But, but I really do believe that if companies start out focusing on why they're doing what they're doing and they keep those purpose-driven values at the core of their business, then they will be successful in what they do because they will communicate that to their employees, to their, all the people involved, the stakeholders, their customers, what they're doing and why they're doing it. And, and for me, that's, that's the, the whole purpose for me to 
to have people on the podcast to speak to them about their purpose their why and then as you say the focus on that to carry that through as well not just sort of start that as with that point but to have that as a, a continuous momentum throughout their lives and there's loads of research that shows this as well that you know businesses that act in that way tend to be more profitable they tend to last longer go on and they become stronger uh, and you know anyone who tries to dispute that by saying yeah but look at other companies and so on and so forth but they go through severe ups and downs and challenges uh, and though what ultimately happens is those challenges they go through those 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 the turbulence leads them to that point where they start thinking oh actually you know what this is the reason that we ended up in this position was because we weren't looking after our people we weren't looking after our customers we were exploiting the earth in our products and therefore we were paying a price now because you know a good example of this is the dairy industry right now the dairy industry is completely crashing because most people, even non-vegans, are not drinking milk anymore. A lot of people are not drinking milk. They prefer the alternatives. And I read an article the other day that a lot of uh, dairy companies now are buying up uh, some of these companies that do non-dairy alternatives because they want to get in cow market. They realize, wow, there's not only a lot of money here, but we're also you know, saving the earth a little bit and you know, protecting the environment. And, and we can make loads of money doing it as well. So why not? It's a win-win. We're, we're helping the world and we're helping people with better health. And so there you go. There's just, it's a no-brainer really. And that's one perfect, I think that's like, uh, like the epitome of examples right there, the dairy industry and the meat industry. They're all sort of, a lot of people are leaving it now because they realize that actually funny enough, people realize we, we've become more conscientious. We know that, you know, mass farming is harming the planet, is harming our health. But there is a win-win. They can make alternatives which are better for our health, better for the environment. They make more money. It's, it's just such a no-brainer, isn't it? There's just no two ways about it. And so more and more companies, those are a couple of good examples, but more and more companies start to realize actually, you know, that the way we practice business, if we do it the right way, in a compassionate way, in a heart-led way, in a heart-centered way, we're going to make so much more money. And, you know, when I speak to people about coaching, and they may look at, my model and say oh you're not earning as much money as you could be by you know not selling it this way that way yeah I, I think there's probably a better way I could be doing things but I'm not going to go to the old school ways of doing you know hardcore selling to sell my products and services to people what benefit is there in that what what benefit is in someone coming to me who feels like they've some in some way been obligated to get coaching uh, and that's always sitting there in the back of their mind that doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve them. Yeah, sure, it might put a few quid in my pocket, but ultimately, you know, it's not going to make a difference. It's not really going to help them. It's not going to help me long term. They're not going to go away raving about my services and telling people that they enjoyed it and they got something really incredible out of it. They're going to just always harbor that tiny bit of resentment inside them. So I may as well approach my business from that kind of standpoint as well, a more ethical standpoint, understanding that. I think compassion will ultimately lead to more sales. It will lead to better business. It will lead to more referrals. It will lead to uh, more opportunities and and ultimately more money as well, which is what we all want at the end of the day as well, to be you know financially free. And if I do this and continue down this path, I know it will work. It's it's you know we're seeing it example after example now, and it's only a matter of time if you stick to your guns and your values, things will come good. It's a great philosophy in life for sure. So other than coaching, what else do you do to pass your message through or filter it out to a wider audience? Well, there's a number of things actually, but I, I'll start by saying this actually, that one of the things that I 
uh, for me is very important as a coach is that I live by what I teach. And some of the ways I do that, for example, was up until about two years ago, um, I was probably sleeping in until about nine o'clock, um, getting up. I would go to the gym and I would exercise, but, you know, by the time I'd finished and got home and had some food and got ready, you know, it was already 12, one o'clock in the afternoon. And you just think to yourself, how the heck am I going to make it as an entrepreneur if I'm starting my day at one o'clock? Just, you just start to realize actually that there's, there's no way that that's going to be sustainable. Especially in the beginning, longer term, sure. Set up the foundation, set up your systems, great, you can do that. But I realized I needed to make the most of my time and maximize my time. So that really drove me. That became a really big why for me, a massive why. And I remember January 1st, 2019, I decided literally a few, about a week before, that that was the make or break point for me that I was going to start waking up early at 5 a.m., develop a really good routine, and start working much earlier. So literally from January 1st, uh, 2019, I started waking up at five in the morning, every morning, I would do a few minutes of meditation. Um, and then I would, at that time was driving to the gym, I'd go to the gym, do my exercise, you know, sort of be ready after I'd done my exercise, had my breakfast, it was 8.30. And I'm, I've already been up for two and a half, three hours, three and a half hours, you know, done a huge amount of my day, but my day was just starting and I was loving it. The only challenge I faced was the uh, I was, I'm naturally, I don't know about you, uh, Amy, but I'm naturally a late night sleeper and I still am. Like my brain starts to function much better at seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. And if I could, if I had no reason to wake up in the morning, I would easily happily stay up till one, two in the morning. And I would probably be very productive at that time because that's just naturally, I, I know I'm a, now, a night owl. I'm not a morning lark, you know, by, by my genes, by my design. But another thing that also drove me was that, you know, recently married three years ago, my wife and I, you know, she she was going to bed at 9, 30, 10 o'clock. And there was me going to bed at, you know, 12, 31. We weren't even going to sleep at the same time. And I thought, it's not healthy for our relationship. So these two massive driving factors really drove me to follow this through. And even in the beginning when I was literally, and I'm, this is honestly not an exaggeration, there was periods of time where I was getting one hour of sleep. But I would force myself out of bed at five o'clock, go do my exercise and come home and, and get some sleep if I needed to, if I absolutely needed to. And there were many days when I had to go through that, then I did it. Um, but those two reasons really drove me, you know, to, 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 to develop this habit, to start, you know, building this into my life. And it was a rough journey. I fell really ill twice. I had the flu within the space of about four weeks um, because I was so sleep deprived. Um, but I just realized the value in what I was doing. So I had to do it. Uh, and so I kept going. And uh, and also at that time as well, that's what the, the, the day I officially became a vegan as well. I changed my diet. I decided, OK, cool, I've got to look after my health. I need to exercise, make sure I'm eating better foods. My diet is definitely far from perfect, but it's, it's getting there. It's definitely that's definitely more of a process. So uh, I do like to sort of, it, for, for me, it's a bit of a novel title as well to say that I, uh, yes, I'm a 5 a.m. riser, I'm a, a vegan, and I, I, I'm a dead, but I'm a daily exerciser, I'm a runner, and I'm training for, I'm going to be doing the virtual London Marathon a week on Sunday. And in addition to that, in terms of my repertoire, many years ago, I used to be a stand-up comedian, I used to be um, 
Oh, I still am, should I say, a, a, a national radio presenter. So I do that because I have a lot of love. Like when I used to commute to work back in the day, I really used to love listening to the radio. I used to love having the feeling of having some company with me on my journey. And so I, I, I love the radio and it really got me into presenting. So which I started it probably about 16, 17 years ago. And I've been doing it ever since. And currently I present a, a, a love show, which is interesting as well, because it gets me, enables me to bring in some of the dating knowledge that I have, the relationship knowledge and uh, help people on their journey in that respect as well. And then uh, in addition to that, I do a lot of content creation on Facebook, as you may have seen, and I have over a million followers on Facebook, and uh, um, I, I'm all constantly curating content, putting it out there and trying to reach as big an audience. And I guess in many ways, what's that, what that's led me to become is quite a sort of like a, a novice, but, you know, interested avid marketer to see what works what doesn't work and and just keep experimenting with trying to reach bigger audiences you know to see what what captures people what engages people uh what drives people what's gonna yeah again it comes from a good place comes from me actually genuinely wanting to help people but there's a side of me that's like okay let me experiment uh, see an experiment you know what kind of languages what language works what kind of messages work what kind of headline grabs headlines grab attention that help people progress in their life do something better, get better, feel better, feel more energy, feel more charged. And so for me, this whole journey and everything I do, I suppose, is about, okay, how do I inspire people in their lives, but also through what I do? How do I inspire people? Like even when it comes to my journey as well, you know, going through, been th having been through everything I've been through in terms of, you know, I've been through redundancy, completing that to absolute debt to the point where I was, you know, felt like I was almost going to have to go bankrupt. Um, losing my mom, losing my sister, um, just being in the real depths of what I would call my personal hell. Um, and I realized that all of these things that were happening though were just educating me. They were just getting me ready, preparing me, preparing my mind, my soul, my body, everything for, for where I am right now, that I'm in a better position and a better human being for everything I've been through. And it enables me to help people. It enables me to um, you know, people who are going through major trauma. I mean, generally speaking, obviously, I'm not, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. It's not what I do. But obviously, when you coach people, these things do arise and people do want help in that area. And it's only in our human nature to try and help these individuals. And it, it enables me to be better equipped for those eventualities. Like, for example, I was coaching a mom who had lost her son to suicide. And, you know, that's, you know, for anyone is just a horrendous, you know, one of the worst things you could possibly imagine, you know, as a mom to lose their child in such circumstances. But I took on that challenge quite confidently, having been through all of the challenges that I'd been through, enabled me to help her. And, you know, she did come out much better on the other side to the point where she was starting to go and present and talk and help people on their journey um, to recognize the signs, to help parents be better equipped for when their children show the signs, et cetera. And, and I think that that coaching was a, a bit of that catalyst that helped her head in that direction. So, so these are all the kind of things, like different things that I do. And uh, uh, I, like I said, I absolutely love what I do, all sides, the coaching, the speaking, the, the, the social media content, the radio, and, you know, it all comes into alignment and just bringing everything together now to – uh, see what I can do to make my little my little mark and dent in the world, and um, you know I, I've I have this little dream of mine, Amy, which is to somehow positively impact every single soul on planet Earth. And when I looked at some of my paid stats recently, 
over the last sort of three years or so. I think I've probably reached about 150 million people on my Facebook page. And, you know, to see that, I thought, wow, that's an incredible thing to, to have, you know, impacted that many people or at least reached that many people. Let's keep going. Let's see how many more people I can reach. Let's see how many more people I could impact in a positive way. And I'm just going to keep on going and keep on going and see what's possible. And you call it a little dream, and it's far from a little dream to impact <laughs> Yeah, true, actually, yeah, very true. <laughs> what would you say your message is, if you, the, the impact or the, the positive message that you want to impart, what would that be? Um, it, it's, very, it's quite hard to put into a few words, I guess, but essentially is to tell people that you you are amazing, you are beautiful, you have... Um, you know, I, I guess I'm going to take it to the deeper spiritual level. That personally, I believe, anyway, is that we are we are not these we are not these bodies. We are, you know, we are not just simple human beings living on a blue planet, uh, and this is our locale in the universe, and that's it. We we are all completely connected in every way, shape, and form. Just because you and I are speaking through this uh, camera, and you know, you're recording this audio. You know, th these are just the, the tools in this physical world. But ultimately, the, this message carries with it a vibration. We live in a universe where we're all connected and we all live in a vibrational universe. And there is no good or bad as such in a universal scheme. Everything exists for our benefit. You know, a Jim Carrey has a nice way of putting it. He says, life isn't happening to you, it's happening for you. And we live in a universe of contrast, and that contrast enables us to then decide what it is exactly we'd like to experience while we're here, or, or you know, in the physical world, in the universe. And the, the power of con contrast gives us that choice. We understand that there are things which are good that we'd love to have or do or be, and there are things which are bad which we want to try and avoid. Without that contrast, without this universe of relativity, we wouldn't know. I mean, how would you tell someone, you know, if you if we didn't have Relatively, how would relativity? How would you explain to someone, you know, what something big is? You know, you if you don't have a point of reference, a frame of reference, that's not possible. So we have to have this universe of contrast in order to be able to know and understand what it is we want to experience, and then go go towards that. You know, expand ourselves into this amazing expanse. You know, we're constantly expanding beings, and so go go live that life. So my for me, my I guess my what I see my purpose as being is um, helping people remind them of that, that that's what they are. I, I'm, of course, never, never to force my spiritual beliefs on anyone else, but I still believe that even on the smaller scale, as human beings, we, we have great potential. We, we all want to, you know what most people say, what do you want in life? To be happy. Well, I, I hate that term to be happy because, you know, it has such a strange connotation right now. You could buy a car and be happy for 10 minutes, but after that, you know, you're no longer happy. Happiness is one of these things that comes and goes, but real fulfillment and the fulfillment comes from understanding that there is beauty in both the ups and downs of life. And that sometimes when, you know, something bad happens to us, if we could just pause and reflect and ask us, ask ourselves, what is this giving me? You know, what is the gift in this tragedy or this thing that's happening? And when you start to, when you can appreciate and be grateful for the bad things that are happening and you re reach a level of mastery in your life, which, uh, very few people do, which will change everything. Suddenly you're not afraid when bad things happen. You're not living constantly hoping, I hope nothing bad happens today. 
you know, I, I hope nothing bad happens in the world. The world is perfect all the time and everything goes wonderful. No, I think that's not what life is about. Life is understanding that we have both sides of the coin and that we just have to then decide from there what we want to do, what we want to be, do and have, go experience it in the best way possible. But not little little, little silly things keep us and hold us back, you know, our self-talk, our, what the media shows us, what other people tell us, and just realize that having that goal, that destination serves a purpose in our life. Strive towards it, even if you never get there, at least you can live knowing you tried your best and, you know, you gave it your best shot and you had fun along the way. And that's another thing. That's the reason I think that I end up doing stand-up comedy because I, I used to take myself way too seriously. And I realized that, uh, that you just have to laugh at yourself sometimes, laugh at everything, laugh at life, laugh at what's going on in the news right now, the, uh, the craziness as well. Not to trample on, you know, on anyone's emotions who are going through a difficult time. But in terms of ourselves, not to take things too seriously and understand that there's always going to be ups and downs, but how we respond to them ultimately then defines whether we're going to feel fulfilled and have very few regrets at the end of our life, or if we're going to have loads and feel like we never lived because we never got a chance to explore ourselves. So that for me is, I know that was kind of a long-winded answer, but definitely my answer to that ultimate question of, you know, what's the message I want to share with people? And that is it, you know, go out there, do something, have fun and enjoy the process. If you're not enjoying it, what the hell is the point? I say this to people when it comes to dating. I say, look, when I was dating, for me, being single was one of the most fun periods of my life. I loved it. I really did. Don't get me wrong. I love being with my wife and we have so much fun now. But when I think about my single life and my single existence, I, especially towards the latter, latter part of it, I had so much fun. I almost didn't want it to end. And in fact, that's exactly when I met my wife because I was having so much fun. And when you're in that vibrational state, you know, this is what the law of attraction is. You attract amazing people to, to you. And that's what happened. I met my amazing wife. So I say to people, you know, in life, whether you're talking about being single here or just life, enjoy it. What's the point of being in any other way, shape or form? Life is too short. Let's have some fun, enjoy it and go towards those things that we really want to have and be and enjoy. And the whole reason that you were recommended to come on this show was one person reached out to me and she's, she's listened to my podcast and she saw a post that you put into your, it was a, a personal story that you wrote back in July and you shared it. And because of you shared your very, very detailed story of your life in that particular group, Facebook group, she reached out and she said, Amy, you have to get this person on the show because of what you shared and how vulnerable you were with that message. And it touched her and it, you know, she, she talk, you talk about your, the, how important humour is and, and how it actually played quite a significant part in your life there. Yeah. And, it, you know, that, that's, it was a big realisation as well. And I'll tell you what the, 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 the point was, the turning point was. Um, now, I do get my dates confused a little bit. So I, I've got to try and remember exactly what it was. But basically, I was looking to get into stand-up comedy. I was coaching someone who wanted to be a stand-up comedian, in fact. So I was helping him on his journey. And he was the one who approached me and said, listen, why don't you do this with me? I'm going to arrange a, a fun charity comedy night. Why don't you do it with me? And I was just like, okay, cool, let's do it. And I believe it was the same year. And I'm trying to remember the details of exactly when and everything happened. But basically, I remember uh, my sister passed away 
and there we went through quite a troubling time as a family and trying to sort things out and um arrange a funeral and there were all sorts of challenges along the way we didn't even have a funeral until much later two or three weeks later and, and like I said I felt very heavy at that point but I remember I ended up seeing a video on YouTube which at that time was one of the um, most viewed videos uh, it was by I've forgotten the name of the uh, ventriloquist now as well but he has many many dolls and characters and stuff and one of which is Ahmed the dead terrorist and I watched that video and it was the first time I'd laughed in about two or three weeks and it just really just I don't know why it just and, and it just took everything away almost and it just made me realize the power of humor you know and just has such a powerful healing effect on people a disarming effect and it's also you know it helps people show their vulnerability a lot of comedians i know end up getting into stand-up comedy because they're trying to heal something they're going through so for that reason they end up being vulnerable through their comedy and that guys and and so um so that kind of really opened new doors to me and i realized that being able to express yourself in that way in that way and la almost laughing at yourself in a way so as to not take yourself seriously to uh, share your vulnerability and the challenges we go through in a humorous way so that people can, you know, relate to it. They can understand, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going through the same thing as well. I never thought of it like that. And that's just so ridiculous. You know, when they look at themselves, they start to see it in a different way. And it's so, so powerful and such a, such a healing thing. So for me, that was uh, a big, big turning point uh, in my journey in starting to um there was another comedian as well he used to say you know he had this great phrase he'd say find the funny and um he would you know just always drop that line into his comedy like every sort of you know five to ten minutes he would always say look find the funny uh, and i love that if you can find the funny and the humor in your life even when you know things are going really bad especially on the tail end of it you can start to realize that you know this thing that's happened to me, you know, someone crashed into me and my car's been torn right off. If you can have a, uh, just take a step back and find the funny in the situation and find some comedy or humor in there. Suddenly these things just melt away. And, you know, there is so much power in that. So that for me was a massive turning point. And, you know, when I shared that story, which ended up being like, I think 2000 words, uh, and people can see that story on my blog as well. I did put it on my blog eventually as well. You know, it was my opportunity to tell people, look, here's, here's what I've been through as well. I can relate to what you're going through. Here's how I dealt with it. Some of the things that I did that helped me on my journey. And I hope they truly help you. Uh, and, you know, the amount of messages I got back from that post that I did as well, was just incredible. It was, you know, four or five hundred comments at least, if not more. It was incredible to see how people were touched by that story. So it did its job. It helped people, it inspired people. And if I can continue doing that in more ways, wonderful. I'll continue doing that. I often say that the, the why is our story and our story is our why, because it, when we share that story, we also see it ourselves. We can see mm. our own journey. And I, you mentioned in there that Steve Jobs said that you can only connect the dots with hindsight. And it is so yeah. true. You know, we don't know that what we're doing has to serve as a purpose. We don't know necessarily what our purpose is, but we just need to keep going and follow what, what it is that we believe in and what we find enjoyable, what we love doing. So it comes back to love again. Yes, uh, it definitely does. And um, I, uh, 
I, I joke around with my friends about the fact that I, I got married recently and obviously we have a home now and, you know, I've got the wife and we don't have any kids, but, you know, having to deal with all the day-to-day stuff of being the, the bloke of the house as well, you know, no offense to any of the, the people who are, you know, multi-gender and stuff like that as well, you know, and get offended by these things. But, you know, it's just true. It is what we are. And, uh, and just settling into that role. And, it, and the, the other thing I was just going to say as well, based on everything you mentioned as well, was that, you know, you said about coming back to love. And I think that that's, that's an important thing. And the, the one thing I say to people as well that's really important to recognize is the difference between soul and role. And soul is who we are, our core, our spiritual being. And the roles are, the role is what we step into in each moment. Like, you know, I often say to people, when when, when I talk to people about dating, I, t- I talk to them about trying different things when on their dating journey, trying, trying, trying different techniques, trying to um, explore who we are as a person on that journey. And initially they always say to me, oh, it feels strange. You know, I just want to be myself and be loved for who I am. And I, I explain to them, look, you know, who you are is a very fluid concept. You know, you're not the same. Tell me the truth. Are you the same person, you know, at work, that, you know, who you are at work and who you are at home? And most of the time, 99.9% of the time, the answer is no, because we step into these various roles. And when you understand that, actually, then, you know, life can make a bit more sense. So these are just the roles, various roles we play in life. But, you know, who we are at our soul level is a very different thing. I don't get too caught up in this whole, you know, mass thing that's going on right now in terms of this Im- immense culture shift towards, you know, I know some people title it as political correctness. Some people are looking about, you know, inclusion and diversity and this, that, the other. Don't get me wrong. These are very important things, but I, I don't want to get too swept up in that because as far as I'm concerned, it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Yes, let's be all be all inclusive. Wonderful, great. I love the idea. But I'm more concerned with who we are at our soul level. The outside bit, you know, I would personally never go around and, and say to people, look, I'm a brown man um, and I've achieved this as a brown man. That for me, that's got nothing to do with it. It's got my skin color has got nothing to do with anything I do in life and who I am. It just has a little bit to do with my history and my upbringing, and that's about it. I draw the line there. But ultimately, what I do from here is just down to be me being a soul, a human being, and choosing to do what I do with my life uh, from a conscious place and deciding it from a place of love and purpose and, and why. Uh, and those are the important things. You know, these are the key things for me. So that that important distinction of soul and role is so fundamental to our lives. And realizing we play our various roles, but who we are at our core is that soul and let's understand we all have this journey that we want to to have a purpose to feel fulfilled to to create an incredible life let's do that let's work together to do it i normally ask people to, to finish on on a high sort of final message words of wisdom but you've you've put me to the post already <laughs> <laughs> how would people get in contact with you amit Best way is I'm obviously quite prolific on Facebook and Instagram. And if you want to find me on either of those, easiest ways, head to my blog, unlimitedchoice.org, and all my links are there on the top right um, so they can connect with me at any time. Fantastic. Well, I'll make sure they're all in the show notes for ease. I will ask you for one more final word of wisdom for the audience, please. It's, it's been fantastic having you on the show. And I just want to say thank you again and leave your final message. My final message is, uh, I'll share this. So initially, when I started my blog, the initial title was 
the power of choice. And that URL was taken, so I had to choose something else. In the end, it ended up being uh, my blog title, which is now Unlimited Choice. And there was no accident in that because I, I realized later on, and I never really thought about it because I wasn't born with the name Ame. It was changed a bit later on. And so I never gave it too much thought. It was actually, I was kind of named after one of my favorite Bollywood actors. But I realized after I'd chosen that blog name that my name, Ame, actually means limitless or without limit, unlimited. And so it definitely wasn't by accident, but but that concept, that power to choose, that ability for us to have the potential to consciously choose our journey at any given moment, to choose a different path, to choose a different outcome, to, to choose a different life plan, whatever it might be, we have that choice at any given moment. And so you, you can exercise that power anytime you want. And the other thing I'll just add on to that, couple that when with the power of why, understanding what drives us as human beings. And I do this exercise sometimes with students when I'm giving talks at universities and so on. And I say to kids, right, oh, sorry, students, you know, what is it you want to do? And I kind of do that exercise where I drill down and I'll say to them, okay, so why do you want to do this? And they'll kind of drill down again. And often it comes down to you know, fundamentally helping people and, you know, making a difference, making an impact. And, you know, if you drill down far enough with most people, this is what most people will say. And if you understand that this is, you know, a prime human need to, to, to serve, as Tony Robbins puts it in his human needs, right, contribution and growth, you know, for me, the, the growth is the choice, the power of choice. You can choose to do what you want. Contribution is the power to serve. Uh, you know, that's part of who we are. So when you understand what your why is and that you have the power to then choose and make it happen you, you've mastered your life thank you for listening to the focus on why podcast i'm amy rowlandson and if you've enjoyed this episode please leave me a five-star apple podcast review connect with me on linkedin instagram and facebook and become a member of my inspiring uplifting and positive focus on why facebook group I help people to focus on their why with clarity, uniting their passion with their purpose with a plan to create the life they truly desire. If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrowlandson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.